Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. I want to talk to you this morning about this subject. My church is too small. Look at your neighbor and say, my church. My church is too small. My church is too small. My church, not everybody in the church is small. Everybody say, hello, good morning. But my church is too, my church is too small. And I'm not just going to talk about numbers this morning, even though that kind of does incorporate what we're talking about when we talk about the size of a church. That, that, that automatically means we talk about numbers. But more importantly, I want to talk about this thing called vision. I want to talk about this thing called planning. I want to talk about this thing called mindset. Amen. And so many times uh, we say we want revival. We say we want a thriving and growing church, but we don't live with that mindset. And we certainly don't have that vision before us. Amen. So that's really what I want to talk about this morning is our vision. Genesis chapter 15 says this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram, but Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit all of my estate is, is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, and said, this man will not be your heir, not, excuse me, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. Everybody say, look up. Look up to the sky and count the stars. And then I believe the Lord paused and he chuckled and said, if you can count them, if you can count that high, go ahead and count. If indeed you can do that, then do it. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And then we know today the rest of the story, and indeed we are the offspring of Abram and Abraham. Amen. And I just, I, I just want to talk for a few minutes about enlarging our vision and living a life on purpose with great vision, not for our own careers, even even though we got to have that, not for great families, even though we have to have that, uh, but we live for the Lord, amen, and just like I talked about last week, we can't be anemic Christians, we have to be healthy Christians, we have to pray daily, we have to fast often, we have to read our Bible daily, we have to do all of these things, why? Because we live for the kingdom, amen, because God wants to do a great thing through us, amen, not only does he want to do great things in us, uh, but he wants to perform a great thing through us, and that great thing is reaching the lost and saving people. People who do not know the fullness of the Godhead and who have not yet come to this precious truth that you and I have received. Aren't you thankful that you've been born again? I mean, aren't you thankful that one day you repented of your sins? One day you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You were baptized in the name of Jesus. And in that baptism, all of your sins were washed away. Amen. And I just believe that the Lord wants to do that to some more people, just like he did for just like he did for several last week. I believe he wants to, to I want I believe he wants to do it for people this week. Amen. My faith is strong. My faith is high this morning that God is still in the soul saving business. God is still in the delivering business. God is still in the business of setting the captive free. God is still in that business of changing lives, of changing hearts, and he can even change a made up mind. Amen. Abram was concerned about 
about not having children to leave all of his assets to. He was very, he was very worried about this, but, uh, uh, but more so than leaving an inheritance to, he just wanted children. He just wanted, he just wanted someone to carry on his name, for that is much more important than, uh, uh, than passing down an inheritance. Amen. He thought uh, that his estate was going to be left to a servant. He didn't want to leave his estate to a servant. There's nothing wrong with that, I guess, but that's just not what he was wanting to do. He had, he, 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 knew, he knew that if he can have a child, he knew that if he can have children, that he would have much more, much more happiness about leaving behind all that he had. God was concerned with giving Abram more heirs than he can count. And I just believe like God was concerned about giving Abram more heirs and more, uh, 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 more people to give things to and pass down that inheritance to. I believe the Lord has more for you and I than what we can ever even count. We're too busy looking on our own situation. We have tunnel vision. We're right in the middle of this thing called life and it's hard for us to zoom out and see the big picture of this thing called life that we live. But if we can just zoom out and look through the eyes of the Spirit, we will see and we will determine that God has more for us than we could ever even imagine. Just like God told Abraham, go out and count the stars. And you you can't even count the stars. You can't even count the promises. You can't even count the children that I'm going to give you. I believe that's a word for our church. Tonight you ought to go outside if it's not raining, if the clouds will finally clear, and you count the stars, and then you apply that to this church. We can't even count the stars. We can't even count the people who's going to come to the knowledge of God through this church, who's going to call this church home who's going to call this church their church home, who's going to worship with us, uh, who's going to live with us, who's going to do life with us, uh, but more importantly, who's going to go to heaven uh, with us. And that is the number one goal why we are doing this. God wanted Abraham to know that he was about to receive a blessing so big that he could not even imagine it. Why could he not imagine it? Because uh, his vision for life was too low. His faith uh, was too weak. He didn't think God can do what God's said he was going to do and so many times we are like that as believers our faith is too low we forget that God is still God and he still sits on the throne as he is still in control so let me pause this morning and tell you as a church family tell this church and even speak to those who were not here this morning who are listening via the podcast let me tell you that God is in control of your life and God is in control of this church and our best days are not behind us we're not living life looking in the rearview mirror. We're not going to live life and celebrate what God did this past Sunday, even though that's great, but we believe that God's going to do something this Sunday. We believe that God's going to provide for our family this week. We believe that God is going to call our lost loved ones back to him this week, and we believe that God is not going to call just the backsliders, just the prodigals, but he's going to call the atheist, and he's going to call the agnostic, and he's going to call the drug dealer, and he's going to call all of these people, all of these people that we can't reach, he's going to reach through the power of his spirit. And I'm thankful for that. God said, look up to the sky and start counting. This morning, I want to tell the church, uh, look up from where we are today and start counting. Look up uh, from what you see today and start counting. Look up uh, from your current situation. Look up uh, from your current frustrations and start counting. For greater is he that is in us uh, than he that is in the world. And he has begun a 
good work. And surely if he has begun a good work the past 25 years in this church, surely he's going to continue that good work and he's going to see it through to the end is what scripture says. I'm thankful that God's in control, not just of the past 25 years. He's not just in control of today and this week and this year that we live in and this current season that we live in and operate in as a church, but he is in control of the church's future. He's in control even if even if he tarries and we die and the church continues, he's still going to be in control of the church. That's why I'm not worried what the church is going to look like. That's why I'm not worried if the church is still going to be here. The church will always be here. The church will always be holy. The church will always be separate and the church will always be committed. We got to quit being pessimistic about the church. We got to quit being pessimistic about all the things that we go through. And we got to look up and start counting. Either God's in control or he's not in control. And I choose to believe that he is in control. You see, Abram's problem in this conversation that he was having lied solely within what he was seeing. He, 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 he didn't have a problem with children. He had a vision problem. He didn't have, he, he, he didn't have a problem conceiving. He didn't have, he, he didn't have this problem. What he had was a vision problem. This morning, the problems that you may face might not be what you think it is. It might be your vision. And the problem you think you have is just a problem of weak vision, of just a, a faithless vision. You might think, well, I'm never going to retire. I'm just going to have to always live poor. I'm going to have to always live paycheck to paycheck. There's always going to be more bills than there is money. Your problem is your faith is too weak in a God who is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are not too poor. You are too low on faith. You don't have a money problem. You have a faith problem. We don't have a, 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 we don't have an attendance problem. We have a, a faith problem. People have low faith in God, so, so they don't want to be faithful to the house of God. But if we can increase our faith, everything that we think is our problem will not be our problem. We just need to get a vision of who God is and we need to keep that vision in front of us. For without a vision, the people perish. But we can say it backwards too, for without a people, the vision perishes. We got to be faithful to the vision because we, we, we are not only relying on the vision that God has set before us, but God's vision is also dependent upon you and I. Scripture says that if we don't cry out, if we don't worship, he's going to find a rock. He will find someone else, and I don't want to be overlooked by God, don't you? Is that how you feel this morning? I wonder how many times God tries to tell us the same thing that he was telling Abraham. Look up. Quit being selfish. Quit, quit looking at what you are facing and look up to the hills from where your help comes from. Look up to the stars. Look up and can you not see that I created all of this? And surely if I created this, I probably created your mess too. And I probably created the circumstance that has you stressed out right now. And if I created that, I didn't create that to kill you. I created that to, so you can learn from that, so you can get stronger and you can live through that and learn a valuable lesson so you can be better for it and you can also teach others and disciple others. I wonder how many times we've had, to, we've had tunnel vision instead of God-sized vision. I wonder how many times we have got this vision thing backwards and confused. I wonder how long, I wonder how long God has been telling us to look up and count the stars in our own situation. I wonder how long it's been, sir, 
that you've been uh, uh, that you've been stressed out about that situation that you're going through on the job or ma'am I wonder how long that you've been stressed about stressed out over the fact that your kids no longer serve God and and, and you're worried about it you're worried that uh, uh, you're worried that it, uh, uh, that if the Lord comes back they're not going to make it or if a, a tragedy happens and they're taken soon that they won't make it to heaven uh, you have to quit thinking you just have to say God you are in control and I trust you my vision is in you my vision is not in my circumstances but my vision is in you you see we got to expand our vision I know that's not good easy I know that's not good English we got to but we do need to expand our vision we have to quit living life looking through these eyes and we have to look through the eyes of the spirit we are people of the spirit we're just pilgrims passing through this world therefore we shouldn't use temporary eyes to view eternal situations we shouldn't view the eyes of the flesh to view things in the spirit but we should view the eyes of the spirit we should view things through the word of God so that we can see that God has more for us look at your neighbor and say God has more for you God has more for you his plans are great you might be faced with real issues I don't want to discredit your issues I'm not trying to minimize your problems I know we all carry these things I know we all walk with a certain levels and different types of stress but I'm not trying to minimize that I'm just trying to maximize who God is in your life this morning I'm trying to maximize who God is in this church this morning I'm just trying to say our vision might be 500 our vision might be a paid-off church but God's vision is a bigger building God's vision is thousands of people hundreds of people that is God's vision we got to quit looking through these eyes I'll be honest with you my my fleshly vision for the church is God let's just get this debt paid off let's get a building that's debt free and let's fill it up and then we'll and then we'll start saving for another one but I believe it can change overnight I believe we don't have to wait to pay the building off I believe God can send the people and the resources then it could happen overnight I just believe that that's the God that we serve. My vision is bigger than what I see right now. My vision is bigger than these pews before me. My vision is bigger than the parking lot behind us. My vision is great, and pastor's vision is great, and we encourage you to buy into the vision that we have and that the Lord has given to pastor. I mean, Isaiah 49 and 6 says this. He says, is it too small a thing? Is it too small of a thing for you to be my servant to restore for, for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept and then he goes on to say I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of of the earth uh, you see the children of Israel have uh, they were on the verge of coming out of very troublesome times bad times they were excited man we've got fresh passion we got fresh energy and we're gonna be able to rebuild some things and we're gonna be able to write some of the things that we got wrong and so and so they were thinking we're just gonna rebuild like we used to be and God is saying no 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 what I have taught you in this season is too big for you just to rebuild like you did yesterday it's it, 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 it's too small of a thing what you're doing you got to get 
in a bigger vision. What I have done for you is greater than what you can even imagine. I'm not just trying to restore you as the children of Israel to what you once were. I want you to be bigger and better. I want it to go for all people. I want the Gentiles to be saved. I don't want just one tribe in the middle of this certain part of the world to be saved, but I want all people to be saved. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that the word of the Lord came to them thousands of years ago and said, you are thinking too small. Think big. It's too small of a thing. What you are trying to do is too small of a thing. And I've been convicted this week because what I'm trying to do and what pastors trying to do and what we are trying to do collectively is too small of a thing. This church building is too small of a thing. That parking lot is too small of a thing. Those two buses are too small of a thing. That Sunday school space is too small of a thing. Our volunteer staff is too small of a thing for what God wants to do. God has great things and great plans for this church, but we're thinking too small. We're living too small. We're looking through these eyes instead of God's eyes. It's too small of a thing that we are trying to do. Israel was very focused on rebuilding physically and spiritually. They wanted to return to the glory days. I felt like that before. Remember that revival when all those people got saved and the church grew so much? Man, if we could just have a revival like that again. But God said, no, 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 that's too small of a thing. You think I I just want to repeat myself? You think I want to stay the same as I was before? No, I have a bigger revival for you. I have more people for you. I have more resources for you. I have more assets for you. It's too small of a thing. This gospel is too great for us to do something this small. The word of God, the saving power that you have, the deliverance that you've experienced is too great to stay right here. But we got to get it out. And we got to get to the Gentiles. We got to get to the sinners so that they may experience what we have experienced. You see, this thing was too great just to restore a few Jews from their sinful ways. This thing, you see, it it, it wasn't enough to bring back those who had fallen away from worship gatherings or from being faithful to the rituals of that time in worship, or or, or we can apply it today. It's not enough for us just to be faithful. It's not enough for, or 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 we can say it like this too, it's it's not enough for us just to come when we want to come. But we got to be faithful more than ever before because what God is doing is bigger than what we can ever imagine. We are thinking too small of a thing. Look at your neighbor and say, it's too small of a thing. Too small of a thing. God says, I want you to also be light to the Gentiles. See, this time, racism was crazy. I mean, I mean, uh, 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 separate villages and tribes, they didn't like each other. Yes, there was the tribes of Israel, but those tribes only like those tribes. Outside of the tribe of Israel, it, it, it was bad. It, it was violent. It was wretched. But God was saying to them, I want to save your enemies. I want to save those who want to kill you. I want to... I, I I want you to partner with those who you don't even like right now. And when y'all partner together, then you will fulfill my vision for humanity. Can it be today that we got to get over some of our prejudices? Can it be today that we got to get over some of our biased uh, opinions? And we got to get past all of this. And we got to lay grudges and and personal differences aside. And we got to put our hands in each other's hands and then our other hand in the hand of God and go wherever he leads us to go. And wherever he desires us. God is saying, look what I'm about to do for you. What look, 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 church, look, children of Israel, what I'm about to do 
It's too good for you just to enjoy and keep to yourself. Can I get an amen? You need to share this with others is what he was telling the children of Israel. So what does that have to do with us this morning? How do we apply that to our life? I'm glad you asked. It's critically important to build up the body of Christ. It's more important than ever that we realize that we are brothers and sisters, that we are in this thing together. It's more important than ever before for the church of Jesus Christ to be unified. Not just this local assembly, but every local assembly. We have to be unified we have to realize that we are the body and if the body wars against itself it is sick and it will eventually die unless it is healed amen we have to realize that we are in this thing together the saved people have to keep on believing we have to keep on teaching we have to keep on fellowshipping with each other we have to we have to continue liking each other we have to continue smiling at each other and being friends with each other but that is not enough because it's too small of a thing to keep here just within our current relationships uh, we got to get it out of the four walls of the church Uh, it's also important to make sure that worshipers keep attending we got to be faithful because we never know when a visitor is going to come we never know when our friend across the church is going to bring someone that needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost Uh, and so we need all hands on deck to create an electric atmosphere to respond to God's presence uh, that's in the room Uh, all of this is good and we have to do it as I've just said Uh, we must be faithful we must continue to learn and grow in relationships with God but also with each other if that's all we do though we are not doing enough we are doing too small of a thing if that's all we do is grow in God and grow in each other and we're not reaching anybody else that doesn't have God or relationship with the people of God our vision is too small but we got to get a vision for the lost we have to get a vision for the people who are so hungry hungry for this thing called peace and joy and contentment that we only have in living for God. God wanted more for his people in the Old Testament, and I'm here to tell you that God wants more for his people in 2016. Yes, we are blessed. Yes, God has done so much more for us, but God has not blessed us so that we can use that for ourselves. God has blessed us so we can live and operate with everything that we need, and then what's left over, we can give to those. And I'm not talking about money this morning. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about faithfulness to the house of God. I'm talking about energy to work in the kingdom of God. God has given you the energy you have not to work in your career, even though you have to work. Scripture says a man who doesn't work can't eat. That's biblical. But when we are living for God in this relationship, God hasn't given us energy just to be an usher. He hasn't given us energy just to be a singer or just to be a Sunday school teacher or just to be a worshiper in the pew. No, there's leftover energy. There's leftover energy that you and I could use to further the kingdom of God. Just being a worshiper in the house of God does not further the kingdom of God. That edifies the kingdom, but it doesn't further the kingdom. That edifies my soul. That strengthens me. But why am I getting strength? Why am I doing this so that I can reach those who are weak? Like I talked about last week in Romans chapter 14 and 15, God says we must be patient with the weak. We can't cut off the weak, but we got to lead the weak to Jesus. That's why God has blessed us. That's why God has given you the ability that he has given you. That's why he 
he has assembled us together, me with my ability, you with your ability, and we are all here together as a body, as a church, uh, so that we can reach the community around us. Uh, I can't reach who you can reach, and you can't reach who I can reach, uh, but when we unify our energies together, we can reach uh, this city. We can reach our community. If the faithful just remain faithful, that represents a vision that is too small. Yes, faithfulness is important. We have to remain faithful. But if we're just faithful for faithfulness' sake, our vision is not in the proper place. God desires for the unrighteous to become righteous. God desires for the lost to become found. That's why we are faithful, so that when unrighteousness shows up, we can lead unrighteousness to righteousness. Uh, I am not righteous. Uh, I am just a child of the king, uh, but I can lead you to a king who is righteous. I can lead you to someone who can deliver you. I can lead you to someone who can save your family. I can lead you to someone who can unite you and your spouse back together. I can lead you to someone who can reunite your family that has been dysfunctional for generations and generations. I can unite things uh, that all you can do is divide and so we got to be faithful so that we can help others unite not just with themselves or with us but with our heavenly father Christ Jesus that's why that's why it's not enough for us just to maintain what we do we can't be a maintenance church cannot be a maintenance family if you're just maintaining where you at where where you're at you'll never get out of debt. If you just continue paying minimum payments, you'll never get out of debt. You'll never pay that car off. You'll never pay that house off because before long, you're going to want a new house because the old house is seven years old and it's cheaper to go $150,000, $160,000, $250,000, $300,000 in debt than it is to pay, spend $10,000 on an air condition. That's how our thinking is. That's just crazy for us, how we think, amen? But we'll just be content with always having a payment. We'll be content with always having family problems. We're just content. I'm just going to go to church and lift my hands and if God heals me, he heals me, but if not, I'm just content uh, with living. We can't be there. It is good for us to be content in some situations. I'm not saying that contentment is bad, but when it comes to growing a church, whenever it comes to our vision, whenever it comes to us uh, being the bride of Christ, the people of God, re uh, reaching out to, to those who are lost, we can't be content because 20 years ago we had a 50-soul revival. We can't be content because of yesterday's victory, but we have to be hungry for what God has for us today. I am hungry for what God has for my generation. I'm content with where God has me at at this point in my life, but that does not mean I am content with the level of church that we are having. That does not mean I am content with revival that I saw as a teenager. No, I am hungry for a move of the Spirit in my lifetime. I am hungry for the church to grow in my lifetime. In 30 or 40 years, when I pass on the church or, or, and when your, when your family passes on the church to the coming generation, if it looks just like it does now, we failed. But we have to be pressing after what God has for us, who God has for us, and how God wants to move in us and through us. And everybody say amen. You see, my church is too small. You see, this title that I bring to you, this thought that I come to you, has nothing to do with numbers, but has everything to do with our vision. If we quit reaching lost people, we have quit doing the will of God. That's plain and simple. It's the great commission, but some of us have made it the great omission. We've just omitted that from our life. We've just quit doing that. But it is the great commission for all believers to fulfill. If we cease to obey the Great Commission, 
only to focusing on managing where we are at now as a family, where I am at currently as a believer, and where we are at collectively as a church. If, we just, if we're just happy with that, if we're happy with managing what little we have just to become a church that is just holy or looks holy or is old time this or is old time, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. I'm thankful for the past. I stand on the past. I, I stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. I don't belittle that. Uh, but I don't think, uh, I, I, Popsy, I don't think that you're happy with me just living with your victories. I, I don't think you're happy with me just with your sacrifices. But you expect the generation behind you to sacrifice like you sacrifice. Your generation had victory because of your sacrifice. And our generation will only have victory because of our sacrifice. We stand on their shoulders. Our sacrifice might look much different. Our buildings might be much different. Our technology that we use might be much different. But we still have to sacrifice. We still have to be hungry for the things of God. More than the things of this world, we must be hungry for the things of God. Otherwise... We have become a church that is too small for something that is so big. Acts chapter 13, my third and final point that I want to bring before you this morning. I'm going to read verse 38 and 39 of Acts 13, and then I want to skip down and read a few verses past that. Therefore, my friends, this is Paul and Barnabas. They're speaking in the synagogue. I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, what's this next word? Everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Why don't you say everyone? Everyone who believes can be set free from every sin. Paul and Barnabas were basically telling the church uh, that the thing called salvation that had just happened just a few days before in the upper room uh, was not just meant uh, for the Jews. It was meant for everybody. It's too good of a message to be kept with such a small group of people, with just such a, a small part of society. It's too good of a thing. And Paul and Barnabas were saying, we got to get it out of the synagogue. It's good that we have it. It's good that us as Jews or, or you as Jews, you have been redeemed. You experienced uh, this great thing. And it's great that there was converts uh, there. It, uh, 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 they weren't just speaking to Jews, but they were also speaking to new converts who had just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They said, it's great, uh, but it's too great of a thing to keep here. We got to get it out of the synagogue. And just like Paul and Barnabas were speaking to the Jewish church, then I speak to you today. It's too good of a thing to keep in such a small building like we are in. That's why we got to reach people. That's why we have to love people because what he has given me is too good to keep to myself. Sir, what happens if you get a big bonus on the job unexpectedly? You're going to use it. You're going to pay some off. You're going to pay some debt off. You might put a little on the mortgage. You might put a little in your stash of cash for if you see that boat that's on sale that you want to buy one day. You might do that, but chances are you're going to give a little bit of money to your wife, and you're not going to tell your kids that you got a bonus, but you're probably going to take them on a vacation. They'll never know, but you're going to give a little bit of that to your kids via vacation or new clothes or new mode of transportation, new tennis shoes. Lord help, have you priced tennis shoes? I've been buying school supplies 
this week. My Lord of mercy. You might give your bonus to school supplies, whatever it is, but you're going to share it. And just like we do that with our money, how much more should we do that with this gospel that God has given us? We have such an advantage in this life because of the spirit of God in our life, and we should offer that advantage to other people. Why should we look at people and be content? Well, you are living in poverty. You are living in sin. You are living in this situation, and I'm just going to pat you on the back and drive past you and never build a relationship with you while I enjoy the goodness of God. No, we must spread the goodness of God to others. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, verse 42 goes on to say, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. So they said, on the next Saturday, why don't you come back and teach us some more? We need to know more of this. And so when the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout new converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God, continue in this new thing that happened just a few days ago in the upper room. Continue in what I'm teaching you. Don't stop. Don't go back to the old ways. Don't go back to the sinful ways. Don't go back to the old traditions. Don't go back to that, but go to this thing that I'm teaching you. Go to this thing called Calvary. Go to this thing called the blood of Jesus Christ. Go to this thing called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Go to this thing. On the next Sabbath, Almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. Filled with jealousy. Can you imagine? Could you imagine next Sunday we show up and the house is full of sinners and somebody get mad and jealous? Could you imagine that? No. This thing called the gospel of Jesus Christ is too good of a thing to keep just to our four and no more. This thing, it's not enough that we grow our church because of the churches across Houston. It's not enough of that. No, it's too good of a gospel. It's too good of a message to grow off of other ponds. But let's go somewhere and let's reach the lost and let's get new babes in Christ Yes, church change happens. Life happens. I'm not saying that if you've changed churches, you're. I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, we are about the soul saving business. We are about. We are not about the business of growing holy and looking mighty and living old time. For if all we do is brag about how we're old time Pentecostal in 30 or 40 years, the old time Pentecostals are going to die, and there's not going to be a church unless we reach the lost, unless we get passionate about this thing called witnessing somebody give God praise this morning if you believe that you may be seated then the people begin to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him they begin to argue with them they said no 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 I don't like this I'm jealous I don't want all these people coming into my synagogue for they are Gentiles and I am a Jew I can't handle this no 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 they are unclean get out get out the church must be clean the church must be pretty no 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 church family we cannot have that mentality for ministry is messy and we were saved to help messy people in messy situations. And we're, we're to help them get clean. And after they get clean, we disciple them and we teach them about all the doctrines and all of the reasons why we live a holy, separated lifestyle. We teach them all of this. That's important. We have to do that. Otherwise, we're living a watered-down doctrine that is not pleasing unto God. We can't live a watered-down doctrine, but we can't kick people out either. We can't, uh, we can't criticize people because they are not where we are at. 
I'm at where I'm at today because I've got generations in this thing. I have generations of understanding and experience, but the babes in Christ don't have that. But because we are a people who recognize it's too good of a thing just to keep to my family tree, I'm going to spread it to the next family tree. That's why the goodness of God is so good because you don't have to be born a Jew. You can be born a Gentile, but the cross allows everyone an opportunity of salvation. The blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary makes it to where it doesn't have to be a blood thing. It doesn't have to be a legacy thing. It doesn't have to be a generational thing, but whosoever will can come and be a part of this family. Whosoever will, for such were some of you, but you were washed. You were washed. You were renewed by the Spirit. You were born again. You died to the old sinner man, and because of that rebirth, you are now a babe in Christ. You're now a babe in Christ. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Calvary? Then Paul and Barnabas went on to say this. We had to speak the word of God to you first. We wanted to give the church an opportunity to be on the forefront of what's happening. We we wanted to come to you first. But since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. That's fine. We were going to use this synagogue as a, we, uh, we were going to use you guys as our first startup team. We, you were going to partner with us and we wanted to partner with you and we wanted to go reach the sinners. But since you don't want to do it, since you're too good to touch messy situations, since you're too good to sit next to someone who lives in a messed up life and who has a criminal record in church, that's fine. You keep on sitting there. I'll go somewhere else. I'll get one convert and then I'll get two converts and then I'll get three converts. Let us not be that synagogue. Let us not be that church, but let us partner together with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we y'all work together, if one can put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand to flight, what can this church do in this community? What can we accomplish in the spirit when we unify together? For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles. Then the Apostle Paul goes back and he quotes the prophecy that I read that uh, that I read from Isaiah 49 and 6. For for you shall be a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Paul goes back and says, do you remember what God told you, what the word of the Lord told you years and years and years ago through the prophet Isaiah? Do you not remember this? Have you not heard this story? Have you not taught about this hundreds and thousands of years later in your synagogue? Have you forgot that this is not just for us? Have you still continued to build a church just for the church? Are you, are you, trying, to build a, are you trying to build a ministry? Are you trying to build a body of people that just looks like you did when you, were coming out of, when you were coming out of Egypt? Or have you realized that it's too good of a thing to keep so small? It's too good just to keep to this synagogue, but we got to get it out. Look uh, look at your neighbor and say, it's got to get out. It's got to get out. It's too small of a building. It's too small of a people here today. I'm not minimizing us uh, because great things happen from small beginnings. That's biblical. But what I am saying is if we continue to say small, we are doing something wrong. But we got to get a passion for people. We got to get a love for people. That's why I'm thankful for people like Sister Ramsey who have been teaching Bible studies for weeks now and you haven't heard a word about it. Teaching Bible studies to people who have been backslidden for 30 years. Teaching Bible studies to 
uh, uh, teaching Bible studies to, uh, 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 to elderly ladies who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they hear it uh, in a fresh form, when they hear the, uh, when they hear about, about the new birth, when they hear about baptism in Jesus name, they are weeping and they are crying. And people who just received the Holy Ghost last week uh, has been taught this week. Uh, I'm thankful for people. Thank you, Sister Ramsey. You are a hero of the church. Uh, what you do does not go unnoticed. And while I'm here, let me brag on her just a little bit more. The other day, I woke up at 5 o'clock to go fishing, and I was loading my kayak up on the top of my truck, and I saw these lights pull in the parking lot, and I got scared. Because if you've been around here at night, some scary things goes on in this neighborhood. And I said, oh, Jesus, my gun's in the truck. How am I going to get over to it real quick? Oh, God. Oh, God. And then I realized it was Sister Ramsey pulling up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because she realized it's too small of a thing that we have. To, it's too great in us to keep so small. Is there anybody willing? to stand with Sister Ramsey and say God's been too good I I might not can be here every morning at 5 but it's too good of a thing to keep so small stand with me this morning church family in the name of Jesus I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning amen I'm thankful for what God is doing I wish we had visitors here this morning that I can just lay hands on and I I, I wish we had that but we don't so I'm going to encourage you this morning that people's going to be here tonight it's too small of a thing just to have a normal service we can't we got to have a God-sized vision we got to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish my church is too small if Sinners aren't welcomed. My church is too small if everything we do is for us and our preferences only. My church is too small if we are not more focused on, or if we are more focused on what we like rather than what the world's need. We cannot have a my church is so small mindset. We might be a small church in number to begin with, but I believe that in 20 years and 55 years, if the Lord tarries, when we look back, this building is going to be a laughing stock. Yes, God has blessed us and he's blessed us with resources to keep such a nice building but that's it's going to be nothing for what God has for us why because we recognize that what is in us is too good to keep to ourselves. this building is too small of a thing for such a big message on the next Sabbath almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord On the next Sabbath, after they asked Paul and Barnabas, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. They didn't just gather on them all all by themselves. Yes, the Spirit, I'm sure, drew some of them there. Yes, uh, some just saw what was going on, so they said, I got to check it out. Uh, But what happened? Paul and Barnabas was busy that week. Uh, They got out in the city, and they started inviting people to church. Uh, That's why this Appreciation Sunday is so big, uh, because the city officials are coming to church, uh, and not only only will you recognize what is going on in the city, but the people who run the city will recognize the city is coming to church. It's too small of a thing. In a few years, the city's going to be, wow, y'all were the church that were on Oddfellow Street. Y'all used to have church in that building. Now you have what? You have multiple services. You have a big sanctuary. You have all of these things. You're doing all of this in the community. Why are we doing this? Because it's too good of a thing to keep so small. Thank you. 
Abraham had to look up and count the stars to realize how small his vision was. Uh, the children of Israel had to, had to be spoken to by the prophet Isaiah to tell them that it's too small of a thing. And the church folks in Acts had to be told it's too small of a thing. Everybody can be saved. And in 2016, I tell you, everybody needs a chance to hear the message of Jesus Christ. That's why you ought to bring people to church with you. That's why these altars ought to be full. That's why this baptismal tank better be splashing because the gospel is too good to keep so small. Everybody say, it's too good. It's too good to keep so small. God's done too much for us as a church family to keep quiet. Look back and realize where you were a few years ago when God saved you. I'll give you just a little hint. The last Wednesday night of September, we're going to have a testimony service. There's some people that's going to get up and give their testimony in that service of what God has done for them. You would be amazed at what's sitting across the pew from you. You would be amazed at what is in the sanctuary and what they used to look like 5 and 10 and 15 and 20 and 30 years ago. You would be amazed at that. God has been too good for us to not share. We're overcome by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Gather with me around the front this morning. That's why Wednesday night is so important. That's why it's not just a series of spirit breakout. That's why we're doing it in the month of September, and that's why we're probably going to do it in October.